Welcome to Biblical Tapestry. Biblical Tapestry is a podcast where we explore how the Bible is its own commentary and how the gospel is thoroughly woven from Genesis to Revelation. This is episode 5 as we are exploring 1 John chapter 2. There has been a deception being perpetrated by some who have left the community of believers. These verses today address those false teachers. There were counterfeit teachings which were threatening to destroy the church, and John begins to address those antichrists. So we'll turn to 1 John chapter 2, starting in verse 18. Children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard, that antichrist is coming. Even now many antichrists have come. By this we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not belong to us, for if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. However, they went out so that it is made, might be made clear that none of them belongs to us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I have not written to you because you don't know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar, if not the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ. This one is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. He who confesses the Son has the Father as well. What you have heard from the beginning is to remain in you. If what you have heard from the beginning remains in you, then you will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he himself has made us, eternal life. I have written these things to you concerning those who are trying to deceive you. As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you, and you don't need anyone to teach you. Instead, his anointing teaches you about all things, and it is true and not a lie, just as it has taught you. Remain in him. So now, little children, remain in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know this as well. Everyone who does what is right has been born of him. So what did John mean by this is the last hour? Well, the last hour can be either long or short, and that will usher in the termination of all time and reveal the salvation that God had promised. The last hours were inaugurated the moment God's kingdom was established with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Christ's kingdom has come as there would be no antichrist opposition if this was not a present reality. These first century Christians lived in the last hour, and I am convinced we do as well, even though we are much closer. The 2,000 years of the past is just a mere blip. During this time, all kinds of false Christ or antichrist false teachers have and will continue to appear before the moment that Christ returns. The very appearance of these false teachers and antichrist confirms we are in the last hours. You may question as to what form does the antichrist come today. Well, the Bible tells us there is one last great antichrist that is to come, and will precede that return of Christ. In Revelation chapter 13, verse 11, 
Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth. It has two horns like a lamb, but it spoke like a dragon. It exercises all the authority of the first beast on its behalf and compels the earth and those who live on it to worship the first beast whose fatal wound was healed. So we have this final Antichrist to come. But over the last 2,000 years, there's been many, many Antichrists. In Greek, Antichristos. And as designated, they are against Christ. They want to lead believers astray and oppose Christ and his word. We recognize them clearly by this activity. How do we keep ourselves and others from being misled by these false teachers? Well, we need an understanding of the scripture and not simply take somebody's word for the truth without knowing the truth. Jesus tells us how to recognize them. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, Be on your guard against false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravaging wolves. You will recognize them by their fruit. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree produces good fruit, but a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, neither can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that doesn't produce good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire, so you'll recognize them by their fruit. As we see more and more antichrists, false teaching activity, we should, she would realize the end is even closer. But that alone should give us hope and assurance as this is a sign that the return of Christ is imminent. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 19, They went out from us, but they did not belong to us, for if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. However, they went out so that it might be made clear that none of them belongs to us. So these false teachers, these antichrists, they were all well known to the church. They were once part of the church, but never really belonged to that body. They were there physically, but not spiritually. The decision to remove themselves from fellowship implied that they were not part of them. This was not a move to another fellowship, but removal from the faith. John was confident that those who are with God will remain so. People who indeed sometimes call themselves believers are really far from it. What are some reasons to attend not to attend church? <laughs> Family tradition, social and business contacts, or perhaps it's a long-standing habit. However, what is the main reason for being identified as a Christian? That is, you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Do you clearly have that relationship? Is it a God-centered reason you're part of a church body? If not, perhaps there is something God needs to still do in your life. You don't have to settle for less than the best. You can have that personal relationship with Jesus and become that loyal, trustworthy follower. And just because your name is on the church roll does not mean that it is written in the Lamb's book of life. Paul tells us that the church needs to be purified from the false teachers and educated on what a false teacher is and how to recognize them. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 20, 
but you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. John tells us a couple things here about having an anointing and that we know the truth. What is the anointing and how do we know the truth? Well, the term in Greek for anointing is chrisma. There is a play on words here in Greek taking place between antichristos, Christos, and chrisma. The anointing came from one source, being the Holy One. The term anointing may have had Jewish or Greek roots being a figurative or perhaps a literal event. In the Old Testament, an anointing was usually done for the consecration or setting aside of someone for sacred purposes. Anointing in the New Testament became to signify that the Spirit of God has come to dwell within an individual, to rule or prophesy for God or to set them apart for the God's purposes. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God is the background for understanding the anointing of Jesus in the New Testament, the indwelling of God's Spirit. In Acts chapter 10, verse 37, you know the events that took place throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee, from after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were under the tyranny of the devil because God was with him. The Jewish Christian background for understanding chrisma provides a solid foundation for arguing that the term here is describing the gift of the Holy Spirit to the one who believes. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, For just as the body is one and has many parts, and all the parts of that body, though many, are one body, so also is Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we are all given one Spirit to drink. There's nothing in the text here in 1 John to point to the ritual of anointing with oil or baptizing. This is God's indwelling Spirit, anointing Spirit, that comes with belief and confession. This indwelling spirit becomes a guide and a teacher of the truth. As John states, But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. Daniel Aiken states, The spirit will never lead the believer in a direction that contradicts the teaching of the Word of God. Jeremiah had prophesied about the coming teacher through the dwelling spirit of God. In Jeremiah chapter 31 Verse 31, Look, the days are coming, this is the Lord's declaration, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. This one will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors on the day I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant they broke, even though I am their master, the Lord's declaration. Instead, this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days, the Lord's declaration. I will put my teaching within them and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will one teach his neighbor or his brother saying, Know the Lord, for they will all know me from the least to the greatest of them. This is the Lord's declaration, for I will forgive their iniquity and never again remember their sin. Again, the gift 
of the Holy Spirit will never lead the believer in a direction that contradicts the teaching of the Word of God. And that is how we know the truth. In John 14, verse 6, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will also know my Father. From now on, you know him and have seen him. People that are opposed to God are opposed to truth, and the Holy Spirit is not, is not working in their lives. If we look forward to verse 27, which we read earlier, 1 John 2, 27 says, As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you, and you don't need anyone to teach you. Instead, his anointing teaches you about all things that is true and is not a lie, just as he has taught you. Remain in him. Real understanding comes from only the Holy One who gives it through his Spirit. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 21, I have not written to you because you don't know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. True believers know the truth and can identify the lie with the help of God's Spirit. Truth and error are incompatible. Lies have their source in what is false and not in what is true. The liars do not have or ever know the truth. Truth and error are mutually exclusive. Either it is the truth or it's a lie. Half-truths do not exist in this world. A half-truth is partially false. Therefore, it's entirely false. The false teachers were either denying the deity or denying the humanity of Christ. Christ was both God and man. So both ideas of denying his humanity or denying his deity are false. In 1 John, 1, or 1 John 2, verse 22, Who is the liar if not the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This one is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. Those who don't believe that Jesus was the Messiah are declaring to be on the side of the Antichrist. You cannot have faith in God and deny the deity of Christ. To deny Christ is to reject God's way of revealing himself to the world. If you accept God the Son, you accept God the Father at the same time. The two are one and cannot, and I mean cannot, be separated. In John chapter 20 verse 30, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you have life in his name. John chapter 10, verse 25. I did tell you, and you don't believe, Jesus answered them. The works that I do in my Father's name testify about me, but you don't believe because you are not of my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. And I and the Father are one. 1 John 2, verse 23. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. We are faced with a forced decision 
of either confessing or denying Jesus Christ. There is no middle ground. There is no riding the fence. There is no gray area. In Matthew 10, verse 32, Therefore, everyone who will acknowledge me before others, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I will also deny him before my Father in heaven. Where is your stand today? Where are you before the great and mighty God? Do you confess or do you deny Christ? In our next episode, we complete these verses about living a life that is befitting those who have called Jesus Lord. God bless you and take care.